Welcome to Get Rich Without Being a Bitch. This is the place to hear real and raw conversations about what it takes for female entrepreneurs to achieve financial success and live a rich life. I'm Vanessa Shaw, author of The Million Dollar Question and your hostess for this podcast. Whitney McDuff! Welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, this is going to be such a great conversation today. Welcome to the Get Rich Without Being a Bitch podcast. I am just super excited for our conversation. And for those of you listening in, we're going to make sure we get Whitney's bio and everything in the notes. But you need to know that this woman is A, in a rapidly growing business. We're going to hear about that story shortly. But for me, I see you as, I know you're a speaker, you're a brand strategist. I see you as kind of like the PR, I don't know what we're going to call you, like the PR wizard or just a specialist, (laughs) like with your connections and how you really help, you know, help specifically women as well, kind of coaches and consultants elevate their brand and get a lot more visibility. So I am, as I say, delighted for our conversation today. We've also both worked with one another as well. So just in full transparency, I want people to know that you have been really helping get my brand out there and get a lot more visibility in PR. So for those people that have been following for a while and you're seeing that happening, kind of going to, you know, open up behind the scenes here around uh, what Whitney does as well. So let's just dive in because you're, you know, it is a rapidly growing company. You haven't been doing it for that long. Tell us about how you just got it started. Sure. I'm super excited to be here and it is rapidly growing in part because of you. So I am super grateful for you as well. Um, So my business started, I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. I did not grow up thinking that I would be one. Um, I took a job many years ago. I've always been in PR sales, marketing in some capacity, but I took a role with a job that was doing PRs for speakers. And really like every light bulb in my life went off. I just, I didn't even know that kind of role existed. And I wish I'd known that when I was 19, but things come to you when you're ready. And I loved, loved, loved the work. I loved the clients. I was really great at it. Everything just seemed to fit. But I was not working for someone with a lot of integrity. And it really just ate away at the day. I would come home and just be absolutely exhausted, like carrying the weight of that and guilt and all of these things. I, it was just not a person that I wanted to be like. Um, and I found out I was pregnant and it's one thing for me to carry all that stress, but it's quite another for a child too. And so literally the day after I found out I was pregnant, I resigned and it was, it was a crazy thing, right? Because I was so relieved to not be in that situation anymore, but I was also devastated because I loved the work and I loved people. So several months passed, I'd taken a, a job running marketing for a pretty large law firm in the Southeast and former clients started calling and they just said, Wit, you know, you're the one that we wanted to work with. Like, how do we make this work? And I had no idea. I'd never built a business. I'd never done anything Mm. like that. I had a conversation with my husband and I said, you know, I think this is something. And my boss at the time, who was wonderful, she was also an entrepreneur. So was the CEO of our company. They were super supportive in me, like building what started out as a side hustle. And then it overtook my salary with my nine to five. And then it came to the 
the crossing point, like, okay, we're going to, we're going to make the leap or we got to let this go. And so made the leap and have been doing it ever since. And just absolutely in love with what I do and, and who I do it for. Mm, thank you. Know, again, I'm listening. I don't know all, all the backstory either, you know, and probably at some point, you know, you know more about my backstory because you've been working with me in that capacity. But just for context, though, how old are your two little ones now? Because they're little. They are. I am in the thick of it, everyone. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. I am obsessed with their ages right now. They're both like little comedians, but it's definitely, I've got a lot of balls in the air right now, for sure trying to, to juggle you that. You totally have. I mean, yeah, you're, you're re- really an example. As I say, you've, you dived into entrepreneurship, you know, not even thinking that it was a thing and it was your path. But as you say, it's that it's that seeing that opportunity, right? And, and being willing to take the risk and actually go for it. And as I say, at a time, you're not letting the fact that you've got two little ones hold you back. If anything, you know, you're not using them as excuses. You're using them as their reasons, right? Oh, for- they're absolutely, absolutely the reason. And I think so much of it for me was, you know, when you start running your own business, there is some radical accountability and responsibility that comes with that because you're it. I mean, every success is yours. Every failure is yours. There's no one else to blame. There's no one else to shoulder that with. Um, And so it really was, it was a whole shift in my entire life, my mentality, having to plot out days, getting comfortable with making mistakes and just constantly learning because I did not know anything about running a business. And so I, I got really smart really quickly by surrounding myself with people that were smarter than me, faster than me, better than me. And it's just been a, a learning adventure ever since. And it will continue to be so that's, that, that one's guaranteed. So how long have you actually been in business now? Uh, about four years yeah so it must yeah, be think about the, mm-hmm. the, exactly the age of your eldest so we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that you do and like some of the mistakes that you see especially women are making around their brands and getting kind of their voice out there but before mm-hmm. that I kind of want to like peel back some layers around some of the lessons that you've learned right oh boy. <laughs> isn't it amazing like again when we're in that business of helping other people you know and and on the outside it's so oft it's so easy in our in our zone of genius or our area of expertise to see where the mistakes are and oftentimes we're just too close to it in our own business it's like sometimes those things we do for other people it's really difficult to do for ourselves and I know when you and I first met your business was looking very different to how it is looking today yes Um, you were if you can paint the picture a little bit but you know one thing that really stood out was how early in the day you were actually starting to work and at the time I was like I have to help this woman because like there's no way that this is sustainable but if you can kind of paint the picture of what it looked like back then right so I ran on the same schedule as a Navy SEAL I was up at 3 a.m that was when I would get you know, meditation done, I would work out all these things. And then I would try and get in a little time before the kids got up. One of the, the conditions that I made with myself as this business grew, I'm a huge believer in being a present parent. I don't ever want to be that mom that's, you know, too busy doing something or staring at her phone or not being able to play because I'm worried about something. And so I feel like I have done a pretty good job of that, like being able to leave 
work at work. But in order to do that, because I was so overwhelmed and didn't yet have the incredible team that I have now, um, I, I was doing everything. So I was up at three, getting in all my like self-care stuff, getting in a couple hours of work, getting the kids up, dressed to school, coming back on calls all day long. And then the kids got home and that was it. So my day started very, very early. Um, and it was really coming to a point when we met where it was all good things that were happening. So I felt almost a little bit guilty, like mm. feeling, um, feeling bad for needing help. I don't know if that's just a thing that women go through. It's a terrible habit that we have. Um, but everything was starting to suffer. Like my health couldn't maintain that. My mind couldn't maintain that. I was just really starting to reach a point where I was about to hit burnout. Mm. So it was, it was pretty quickly thereafter meeting you that made some changes that absolutely needed to happen. So I could be rejuvenated and do what I love. Yeah. And let's just go in there. Cause I think that's a really, again, as you say, it's a very interesting place, right? I always say there's two places when a business is growing that are, are kind of choke points. We're either not growing quickly enough, right? And we'll buy that. It's like the revenue, the money, the monetization side of it isn't working, which can mean we're not paying the bills. We're not, you know, making our contribution at home. We're not able to pay ourselves or, you know, we're not able to invest in team now as you've been able to, or the other problem is it actually growing too quickly, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you were really in the latter camp. It wasn't a case of it's not growing enough. It's like it, it actually grown so rapidly. You mm -hmm. weren't, you know, weren't struggling for clients, so to speak. However, there was a whole load of structure and pricing and like being the CEO of the business, not just doing the business that really needed to shift. And as you say, that feeling of guilt, right, around oh, I've done so well. And you knew for well that you were, you know, streets ahead of many others, let's say women-owned businesses that have been in business twice as many years as you have been. Mm -hmm. And we kind of end up feeling guilty, right? Kind of guilty to admit that something's not working or it's no longer ideal. Have you, right. I mean, and you were obviously experiencing that and on the other side of it now, have you like got any more insights as to where that came from or, you know, like what was keeping that in place for you? I would certainly, if I could go back, I certainly would have reached out for help sooner in the form of people who had been there and gotten to the other side in the form of team members. There was a lot of, you know, anytime you make big financial decisions, there's, there's a weight there, right? You know, pros and cons and all this stuff. So it would really had to come back to me re-examining what my values are. And I'm saying that, you know, I value self-care. I value my family. I value my friends. I value all of these things, but my calendar was absolutely not reflecting that. It was just work, 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 work. And I love, love the work, but because I had taken on everything, everything, I was, A, I was bottlenecking everything, like nothing mm. could move because I, you know, it was all on me. So reaching out for help through, you know, you, other coaches, finding team members that I trusted, that was a huge thing for me. Um, and, you know, if I'm really honest, part of that may have been my ego thinking that I was the only one that could do something. Mm. And 
just learning that, no, you can trust people with this and it's going to be great. And it's going to make everybody happier because things are getting done faster and you can do more and help more people. But yeah, there, there was a guilt there for sure, because it wasn't, it wasn't ever a lack of clients. I, I never like related to that, that particular struggle, which is what most people struggle with. It was absolutely, it was growing too fast and I did not have the infrastructure to hold it all together. So it it was really a a process of me having to let go of the reins a little bit and allow it to grow because it it was just pushing to. So getting clear on on my values was huge. Right, as you say, and it's again, it's like reconnecting with those. And I know that one of the things that, you know, we worked on as well was, you know, in terms of like valuing yourself more, Mm -hmm. right, as the, you know, the CEO and founder now of the business and kind of stepping into that different role meant, I mean, you know, several things, you know, and and some of them like tactically, like we were, you know, repackaging services, increasing Mm -hmm. fees, right? The kind of, you know, but underneath that though, as well, you know, we started to look at boundaries. The work of my life. (laughs) Yeah, because that was, you know, that was where that was. So even when you said that, like, you know, I remember you like seeing your calendar and it was back to back and you were like, oh my gosh, like there are no boundaries. Yeah, there really weren't. And, you know, part of that was, was me understanding my own value, right? So for many years when I was building this and it was a side hustle that turned into a main thing, it was a lot of feeling worthiness of the role that I was playing and Mm. understanding my own value. So that was a huge shift that you and I had because I was underpricing everything. Um, and it was so funny. I loved when we were on a conversation. <laughs> I, at the time I was having like a hundred percent close rate with people <laughs> and you were so, so great. You were like, you're likable, but not that likable. You don't need a hundred percent close rate. Let's raise the prices. <laughs> it's like, awesome. And it really did make me think about, okay, what, what's really going into this? Like, why am I struggling with boundaries with money, boundaries with time, all of this stuff. And it, it got to a question of, am I worthy of this? If I don't provide that, is someone going to be upset? If I say no, is someone going to not find me valuable? If I can't take care of every little thing, the second that they need it. And the reality was nobody was feeling like that. Those were Mm. expectations I was putting on myself. And I started slowly, but surely just incorporating things all the way from my email responder to now my calendar, like there are non-negotiable times that I have taken during the day now. Cause I didn't have those when I was going before our work together, I, y'all, I literally starting at eight o'clock in the morning until six o'clock at night, I was on back-to-back calls. Yeah. It was just insanity. And you know, we were working on reorganizing my calendar and that's been really great just to take a breath and regroup. Yeah. It just will so wear you out. So important, right? I mean, it really is. And I know boundary, boundaries is just a big area for women in business. It's something that comes up a lot. And, and oftentimes it does. It comes down to, you know, we're not really truly valuing ourselves, everything that we're bringing to the table. So everybody else is first. And then, of course, it leads to that place of ultimately of resentment, right? Because right. that's what's going to happen. And, you know, again, I always come back to the title of the podcast, Get Rich Without Being a Bitch. 
Honestly, yeah. most women say to me at that point, they, they feel that they really are showing up as a bitch because now they're so frazzled and they actually mm-hmm. don't like themselves, you know, or, right. or the people that we, you know, love and care for, the people that we said we're doing the business for are the very people that are suffering. But just speak a little bit too, and then I kind of want to dive into your work because I think it's really encouraging for other people to hear that you put boundaries in place. We actually kind of repackage services, right? We kind of look at who your ideal clients. Some of this, again, very business side of things. Um, You've got a lot more spaciousness now on your calendar and you've got team, but what happened to revenues? Because I think there's a misconception out here that as well, if I'm not working all the hours, you know, mm-hmm. I'm now going to trade revenue. I'm going to gain back some time, but guess what? I can't generate as much. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the business exploded. So we did a re a repackage that was just clearer, going back to boundaries, had very clear things on time, deliverables, things like that. So it cut back on my time just working day in and day out, but it, it absolutely exploded. I've already surpassed my revenue that I did last year and we're in June now. So, I mean, it's just done really, really well. And I'm finally moving back into a place where I don't feel like I'm in the weeds all the time. Mm. And that did really worry me. Like, what if we restructure this? What if I raise the price on this? Will people leave? Will I not be able to find anyone? And that it was absolutely the opposite. Like the second I raised my prices, it was just like, it was crazy. And it really, it helped me work through some of those, those worthiness issues, I guess I was having that I didn't realize that I had, um, and really created an environment for me where I could go back to being really just joyful in what I was doing. So I was so happy because I had the space and time now to think and be still and, you know, really sit with the brands and do the things that I want to do and reach out to who I wanted to reach out to instead of being so bogged down by the details all the time, I really could step back more into a leadership role and let other people worry about the details so we could, you know, move everything forward, my business and my clients' businesses. And that's something I hear a lot. That's what I say. It's just like, you know, I really want our listeners to hear this because so often it feels so counterintuitive when we're making these changes, right? And again, those doubts, you know, the doubts and the monkey mind and everything, it's valid. Oh my gosh, will all of a sudden it dry up? You know, I had this amazing closing rate and, you know, and I remember saying to you at the time, it's okay, we're going to do the math on this, right? We can, you can close less because the math is going to actually support you on this, but you're going to create spaciousness and time to actually develop the business And then the other side that I hear a lot, Whitney, from business owners is they know full well that they could be serving their clients at a higher level, Mm -hmm. right? But we can't when we're so back to back. And as you said, you know, getting stretched. Mm -hmm. Um, Shifting this now, though, a little bit into your business, because it's kind of curious how there's like, like this bridge between you know, you not really valuing yourself and kind of your self worth really being on the line at a point where, you know, we shifted things. What do you see now with the women that you work with kind of on the PR side when they're looking to like monetize their message? What are some of the things that you see frequently? Oh, wow. Um, So often, which is funny because we were just talking about this with me, but I see it all the time with people is their version of imposter syndrome. And, you know, when you get to a level where you're really looking into PR, really wanting to expand your messages and your impact, 
there's a lot of that that goes on because suddenly you're playing the comparison game, like who's in my space, what are they doing? We have so much access to information now that, you know, didn't exist back in the eighties. Like Mm -hmm. now you can see what everyone in your world is doing all the time. And it causes a lot of, am I good enough to do this? Do I have a story worth telling? All of those things. And the reason my company started was because I fundamentally believe that if you have a story or a skill set that can make someone's life better, I think it's your obligation as a person to share that. Mm. And it's been so interesting because the reason that people don't is they lack confidence or they lack a roadmap. And so that's what we help clients form. And on the confidence side, it just, it breaks my heart when people that I meet, they just have these incredible life experiences or they spent, you know, 30 years with this incredible skill set, and they want to help make someone's life better, but they just, they're lacking that confidence and they're lacking, you know, the roadmap to do what they need to do and they want to, but they're so afraid of what some internet troll is going to say. That's the worst thing in the world to me when I see people keep these amazing things from the world because of what some stranger on the internet might say. It's heartbreaking. So I just want to like grab all of those people and hug them and say, it's okay. Like we can do this together. And of course, there's something to be said for as well, right? When you start to get some kickback and some trolls and everything, there's something to be said for, wow, well, perhaps you really have made it now as well. Yeah. Oh, I celebrate right? with clients. I'm like, congratulations. Congratulations. Good for you. You've, you ruffled, know you've, actually, you've ruffled some feathers and there's mm-hmm. actually, you know, getting some pushback. And um, I know, you know, I, I know for me as well, you know, working together, I mean, I think, you know, again, there's got to be a time, I think, for when... Yes, confidence, of course. Confidence is a massive asset for business. And I think it's something we always need to be working on, especially as women, constantly improving. But the reality is, you know, sometimes the confidence comes later, right? Mm-hmm. We can't always wait till we're confident to actually act. And from my point of view, I'm like, no, we, we can take action, start to get some new results. And actually that will boost confidence. Yes. But I know and that, that's normally what happens. Yeah. Right. It's like, we've got to be willing to like be in that discomfort, right. And take that action. And then like the net, you know, the outcome is the confidence boosting. But I do think as well, there's a point, there's a timeliness in telling a story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yes, people some, sometimes have an amazing backstory or yes, there's something right. That's really newsworthy. Um, mm-hmm. Can you speak to that a little bit? I mean, I know in my particular case, I felt, you know, there were there were several things that were coming out. You know, we're really going big for supporting women in business. That has been massively important. But we've also got a real track record and proven mm-hmm. results, right? So that was helping me get the confidence to say, no, this isn't just my idea that I want to get out here now. Right. Right. The story is about something that we created during COVID and kind of launched in fact, just shortly before COVID. But it's played out through the whole of COVID. We've got all of the data to support it. I was like, no, mm-hmm. we do have a story to tell here. And of course, you've really helped me shape that. But can you speak to, you know, a little bit of timeliness of stories? When is somebody ready to get that extra visibility? Sure. So what people need to always think about is the angle. 
right? So for you, for instance, we're at a time in history and there's a real paradigm shift going on. So for the first time ever, there are more women that own businesses than men. Like the, the tide is turning and people are really waking up to the power of women in business, the buying power we have, what we do with our money when we make it, all of these incredible things. So really instead of coming up with a brand new idea, it's more about hitching to the star of what is already going on. And that's something I really want to encourage with everyone who's listening. Like, think about what's already happening in the world and how that can apply to your story or your business. Like, you know, for instance, if you're a real estate agent, let's say, there's a lot of real estate agents. Why would, why would someone pick up a pitch of one over the other? Well, if you're offering, you know, the 10 things you need to think about if you're buying a home during the pandemic, like that's something that's on a global stage that's going on. That's a much more sellable pitch than the top 10 things to think about buying a home. Like tie it to what's already going on in the world. And that's what's been so great about your stuff is people are really sensing this shift with women and women are sensing it. I mean, we are moving from a place of, women got a bad rap for centuries about being catty and all of these things. And now as women, we're like, oh my gosh, how can we empower each other? How can we get each other to the next level? Like, this is incredible what's going on and it's happening around the world. So always thinking about what's going on. What are people already talking about? What is the need that you're solving and the story that you're telling that's going to help shift someone's life and make it better? Like, that's what we always want to think about the pitch because people are getting pitched all day long. So if we can go ahead and hitch it to the star of what's already happening, it makes makes pitching a lot easier. Mm, I love that, that hitching to the star of something that was already happening. And again, I know in you know full transparency, it was something I struggled with, you know, thinking, what is new? Like, I haven't got something completely new. I mean, we've dialed things in. And as you know, you've worked with me. I'm often the one to say what, we, what we're actually teaching isn't rocket science. It's very, very learnable skills. And it's actually mm-hmm. deceptively simple as well, really deceptively simple. And, you know, we've stripped it all back. And, and that's actually become part of the story is that actually you don't need to, you know, have a degree in rocket science. It doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't have to take a long time, right? It doesn't have to cost a lot of money to actually grow your business. And I know yep. you helped me, as you say, and then of course the story of like, and we did it in a pandemic became the star that we hitched it to, as well as the fact that we are prim- primarily working with women-owned businesses. Yeah. And all- you know, it's, it's so interesting, the work that you do, because it has been such a great reminder that it is so simple. It is not anything like, it, it's just incredible when you make these small tweaks in your business that, you know, when you have a coach, and this is why I think coaches are so important, like someone to hold you accountable because you hear it and you're like, oh, can't, it can't be that simple. But when you have someone there and you have people around you who are supporting that shift, it's insane to me. Like, I just laugh about it. The small changes I made that have just caused these massive results in my quality of life, in my financials, like in every single way, it all started with this little drop in the ocean. And that's, that's what people need to know. We Mm -hmm. psych ourselves out. So we don't move because we try and like overcomplicate everything. And that's what I love so much about 
your mission and what you're telling women, like come here, open this door. And I'm going to show you this simple, like not rocket science stuff. That's not going to overwhelm you. It's not going to be anything crazy, but your, your entire life and business can change. And yeah. I've, I've seen it firsthand. I'm a believer. Ready You're to a believer. Drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> again, I, I, and again, I remember, you know, frank conversations. You were like, I am really busy. Vanessa. Like I'm back to back to back. Like, have I even got time for this? And that's actually interesting. Something I hear a lot. I haven't got time to this. I'm kind of I'm not sure that you have you haven't got time not to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember saying that to you. I was like, Whitney, I can promise you, like, as you say, walk through this door. We're going to show you how you're going to free up time, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to have a lot more, as you say, that spaciousness, um, because we start to shift mindsets, right? And think about things differently. Um, again, simple stuff. There was, a, there was a saying that I heard early on in business, small hinges, it's big doors swing on small hinges. So true. Oh and, gosh, it's so true. Right. And I, I often think that's that's really what we do. I mean, in terms of, you know, going back to some of the again, the business owners that you work with, right? So again, yeah. I love that, you know, hitching, you know, hitching that idea to the star. What are some of the other mistakes that you also see in terms of like speaker and brand awareness and kind of you know, generally where people are holding back or getting in their own way? So I think a lot of times people forget to think about the audience and it's very much, I see this a lot in pitching instead of, so let's say for instance, you're trying to pitch a podcast host. Okay. People start off pitches and they're like, me, 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 look at all this amazing stuff I've done. Yay. 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 It's like, okay, stop. (laughs) What is the objective of this podcast host? It's to create amazing content and to grow their audience. That's it. Like you have to put yourself in the shoes or if you're pitching the media, it's not about you. Like how can you help the writer? And what people forget is they think that they're pitching publications or podcasts or whatever. You're pitching a person. Like you have to show up with, the mentality of how can I help you? How can I make your life easier? What can I provide from a resource standpoint that's going to make your job easier to do no matter what that is? Because people are bombarded with pitches all day long. And if you're showing up like everybody else, you know, me, 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 look at me, I should be on here. Da, 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 da. It's going in the trash can with everything else because mm. people just don't have time. So really showing up with that for lack of a better phrase, like a servant's heart. I mean, how Mm -hmm. can I make your life easier is such a key thing when you are pitching reporters or hosts or news stations, whatever, becoming a resource and really stepping in. Who can I introduce you to? This is what I know. And here's my expertise. I know that you love writing about X, Y, Z. Let me talk to you about this and understand that they are people and just like you, they want to be valued and they want to feel like what they're doing matters. Yeah. I love that pitch to people, not to publications. Mm-hmm. And as you say, there's Absolutely. a human being behind. And again, it is that they're looking for great content and new angles. That's what their job is all day long. Right. But again, it's like, you've got to make it, make it easy for them to say yes to you, or at least open that door. The other thing, Whitney, I think is probably important is show up well for them as well. 
I've certainly mm-hmm. seen that at times in my world, you know, there, there was a time when we used to have a lot of people wanting to, we were doing live events and they'd, you know, want to speak on the stage or whatever it was. And they came to, they come, they came a time when it was like, you've just got to be easy to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got a lot of moving parts. Like don't start being difficult, you know, absolutely. Be reliable, oh, that's so be, key. Right. Be reliable, be responsive, be respectful. Again, mm-hmm. like be a, be delightful to work with. But Absolutely, because you know you got to understand. There's there's a hundred people behind you that would take that place if they could. Yeah. So absolutely be easy to work with in whatever capacity it is. And you know we're all trying to manage the same things, right? We're all trying to take care of our families. We're all trying to grow our businesses. We're all everybody has the same end game in mind. So being that resource, being kind, just Mm. showing up. And the other thing where people totally fall off the wagon, you've got to be consistent. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to win every pitch that you put out into the world. You're not, but you've got to keep showing up. And I call it the spider web, but start out with smaller publications, like smaller appearances, get on different podcasts, all these things, and you spider web in in the media. And it's really a beautiful thing to see over time, like working with people, that whole process, because we stay consistent and we keep sending out pitches and one article leads to something bigger, leads to something bigger, leads to Forbes. And it's just, it's really amazing to see what happens when someone truly commits to sharing their story with the world and doing what it takes to get that word out. Mm, I know. So important. And again, again, it's not seeing this as a one and done thing, right? Again, back to it's a process. One of the things I know that you shared with me as well, which I think was just an amazing, amazing tip. And of course, people always want to try and speak to me on the phone, right? (laughs) For some reason, my phone keeps ringing today. (laughs) I'd love to think, hey, perhaps it's Oprah calling. Yes. Wouldn't that be amazing? I know it's okay. we'll shut down the podcast. We'll Let's see you guys later. <laughs> Your team has just obviously got something amazing going on. But no, I remember jo- joking apart as, as I've just turned down Oprah. Um, one of the things that you shared with me as well, a big mistake in, P, you know, PR. And again, those kind of just newsworthy, content worthy stories is sharing them once and then, oh, yeah. and then moving on. Right. And then like thinking you've got to kind of keep creating, like recreating the whole time. Can you speak mm-hmm. a little bit to that? Because that was just, that was a big piece of learning for me that made my life easier. Oh, well, good. Yes. I actually just uh, delivered a speech on this last night. So here's the deal. We get caught in these psych, like these thought processes where we feel like we have to constantly create new, 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 new. So the thought of PR becomes exhausting for people because it's like, oh my God, I can't do that all day long. Like, that's not what needs to happen. We need to reshare, 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 because what's going on, we get hit with, I think it's something like 700,000 marketing messages a day. It's some astronomical number. People are so busy and what is really happening. So let's take this podcast, for instance, when I share it, the majority of people, they're they're probably not going to listen to the hour podcast in my feed. But what's happened is they see, oh, yet again, Whitney's been pulled up as the authority on PR. And it just plants that seed in their mind. So when this comes out, share it with my group. Awesome. Get it out into the world. And next month, I'm going to share it again. And I'm going to talk about it differently. 
So just, you know, I'll introduce it the first time, like, hey, love talking about PR with Vanessa. What a powerhouse. And next month I might say, you know what? So many great pieces of business advice in here. Check out this podcast. And it's resharing and resharing and resharing because you want to constantly remind people that you are the authority on topic X, Y, Z. And sometimes, I mean, think about this in your own life. A, a kind of funny example. I'm obviously in the public speaking world. So I hear like motivational messages all the time. I've heard every speech under the sun about discipline. Mm. Great example. The speech that changed my life was a seven minute YouTube video from Will Smith about the power of discipline and what it actually is. So sometimes it just takes being in the right moment, the right mindset and the right message to really change someone's life. So reshare your content because you have new people that haven't seen it, or maybe the way that you address it in the second pitch resonates with someone. And they're going to go listen to that because they want to hear about business advice. Maybe they don't want to hear about PR, Mm. but they want to hear about business advice. So the second time I pitch it or put it out into the world, that's what they're wanting to hear. And then they get to hear this great interview, but don't exhaust yourself thinking that if you get a great piece of media that, okay, now we got to go chase 75,000 other things. Like let's think about 10 different angles that we can reshare this and continue pitching everything else. Yeah. But don't, don't be afraid of trying to get into PR because PR is powerful y'all. I mean, everything that you do buy, think, say, like it all comes because someone had an incredible message. So it just takes the one win. Like you hear about companies all the time, Oprah's favorite things, you know, it changes the course of a company's life. And that's, that's really good PR. So this stuff is important. It's, it's how you tell your story and ultimately how you change lives. Yeah, so good. And as you say, it's like, and it doesn't have to be as complicated. I know that that was for me. I was like, oh my gosh, like, is this like another kind of machine in the business? And when you shared that with me, like the repurposing and the different angles and I was like, oh, of course, now I could see it. But, you know, I could see where we've made our lives too difficult in the past, Mm -hmm. you know, great assets and we've put them out there once and then we put them to bed and like, oh my gosh, you know, like, Love having you, love having you by my side for this stuff. Whitney, um, I want to dive into our quick seven because I actually like brand strategy and PR and everything with you all day long because it is such a great topic. But I want to get you a quick, quick seven. Okay. Ah, You don't, you're unprepared for this. So let's see what you've got (laughs) on the spot. Fill in the blank. Living richly means. Freedom. The best hundred dollars you've spent recently and why? Oh, wow. Oh, a massage. Had a little me time. It was great. Just, I put it on the calendar now to have a spa day. And it really, putting it on the calendar was huge for me because my calendar fills up quickly and kind of looking at myself like a client, like got to have some me time. It's had a nice little hundred dollar massage. Oh, love that. And that's a good reminder for me because I am absolutely <laughs> overdue as well. So thank you. A book or podcast that's been highly influential for you. I love to read and I love listening to podcasts. Um, as far as influence, 
The Four Agreements was a book that I read this year that really was incredible. Would very strongly recommend that. Um, and then a podcast. I love so many. How I Built This is great. It's behind the scenes on you know, some too. of those popular companies. And I just love it because it, it normalizes business. And we yeah. have a habit of just seeing like the top of the mountain for people, but really hearing behind the scenes on how everything was built and the mistakes they made. Like, I just, I love that stuff. Yeah. Humanizes no, I, everybody. I have to say, I love that one as well. And you know, Four Agreements is a book I've read multiple times. I actually got it out this weekend and read it again. Oh, <laughs> That's why you go. That's pure coincidence. I mean, I, I did. It's literally on my countertop because I was like, it's time. Let's just dive back in this. That's awesome. So you feel the next, you feel the calling to your next level of leadership and you are scared. What's the next thing you do? Hire you. That's literally what happened last time. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Something you wish you were better at. I wish I were, this is going to sound dumb, but I wish I were a better runner. I always have visions of myself, like, you know, just that person that goes out and does a quick 10 miles to decompress. That will never be me, but (laughs) that would be so great. I know. Yes. Some of the things that we wish we were better at. And then what's, what's on your bucket list that you'd like to achieve in the next three years? something that's out there, kind of a dream, big desire? Um, So I'm a children's book author. Uh, I've got two books out now, but the original second book uh, is called The Giggle Burp Tales. And it's a compilation of all these different poems. I would really, really love to get that out into the world, like turn it into another bestseller and just really devote some, some time to that. I, uh, my second book came out unexpectedly. It was the poem from my mom's funeral and, uh, kind of put everything else off track, but I would love to get back and finish the giggle burp tales, get it out into the world and, and make some kiddos happy. Mm, that's a good one. You're going to need a good publicist to help you. With <laughs> I think I know a girl. <laughs> I think you might know a girl. And then last but not least, what's something you are deeply grateful for today? Oh, my kids all the time. They just, I love the way they see the world. I think, uh, what's that quote from Buddha? If we, if we understood the miracle of a single flower, our entire life would change. And I think that's, what's so beautiful about children is they are so fascinated by everything. And I just, I love the way they see everything like a ladybug to them is the most incredible miracle on earth. And it is, it's, it's amazing how we're not walking around all day long. Like, Oh my God, like, look at that tree. Look look at that bug, like the clouds. I mean, it's just insane to me that we're just not constantly blown away by the magnificence of this life. We should be the truth. is, We actually, that's the thing we get too in our own way. We get two heads down, two in the weeds. We have so much to learn from kids. Everybody should actually spend time, especially with little toddlers. Mm-hmm. And, and as you say, I love seeing the world through them as well. And your kids, oh my gosh, they just, <laughs> they are just, they are just hilarious. I mean, they really they are. are. <laughs> I wish we lived closer together so I could find oh, yeah. aunt, Auntie Vanessa and I'd be over there. <laughs> I love it. Oh, uh, yes, Heston's made it to a few of our calls. 
he exactly she has she's been there you know she's she's had fevers not been well and then wanted to jump on mummy's lap and everything hey that's just the way we do business these days that's right Whitney this has just been really delightful if there were any words of wisdom that you would want to share or advice to other women business owners listening in today like just that one final nugget what would it be if there is someone who is where you want to be, pick up the phone and send them an email, whatever you need to do. Let them know that you need guidance because leaders that live in abundance are happy to provide it. And you just got to pick up the phone and just say that you need some help. Mm, So good. So good. Whitney, it's always amazing connecting with you. Thank you. Just thank you thank for you. pouring into our podcast today. How fun. Happy, happy Friday. Happy Friday, everybody.